Welcome to Social Scoop Podcast, hosted by your biz BFF, Kristen Busquette, and thank you for being here. Every Tuesday, we release a brand new episode for entrepreneurial influencers who are looking to more successfully and sustainably monetize their influence while keeping the soul in social media. We'll be spilling the tea on all the latest and greatest tests, features, and releases from the top social media platforms and bring you a valuable conversation with some of the top voices in the influencer and social media industry. Plus, I'm an open book. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about further, send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kbusk. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 15 of Social Scoop Podcast. It's your friend Kristen, as usual, here, and I wanted to start off today's episode with another quote. I did this last week, and I just think it's a nice way to kind of begin the episode. So this one is actually a quote that we are going to talk about in the interview portion of today's episode, but I wanted to explain it a little bit and let it sink in. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. What this means is that going slow and doing things the right way, taking your time through them, runs really smoothly, which ends up being a lot faster than if you were to be moving fast, having to go back, fix things, do them over again, that ends up being a lot slower. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Thought that would be nice to start off our Tuesday. Aside from that, next week is Valentine's Day. I feel like I can't believe it's already like almost the second week of February, but January felt like it was an entire year long. (laughs) So we are actually going to the melting pot for to celebrate Valentine's Day. Every time there's a holiday, we go there and all I can think about for like the moment we make the reservation until we get there is like how much I can't wait to just soak in fondue. I'm so excited. So I hope everyone has a lovely Valentine's Day. Aside from that, Instagram has blessed us with a lot of new tests this week that I wanted to talk to you about. Actually, nothing really new from TikTok. They kind of gave us a week off, which is totally fine. You know, TikTok, Instagram, you can do that. <laughs> we don't need new, new news every single week. So Instagram is testing 90 second reels. As we know, we have the option for a 60 second reel or obviously 30, 15, whatever. Typically, the smaller the duration of a video on reels, the better it performs because so many times that video will start playing over and you could get two, three plays from the same person. So the views will go up a lot faster. So I don't personally see myself using 90 second reels very often unless it's something that, you know, there's a lot to go in depth on. But typically I would still suggest no matter how you know, long of a duration they give us on Instagram, I would say shorter is always going to be better. People have a really, really horrible attention span these days, so they are not going to probably be watching super long form video on Instagram because that's not what we're on Instagram for. That's what you go to YouTube for. But if you are someone who is looking for a little bit more time in your reels, 90 second reels are being tested as of right now. Instagram is also working on the ability to pin posts to your profile. And I think this is so funny because a few episodes back, I was talking about hopefully this, you know, becoming something in the future. And then I saw the news and I was like, did we manifest that? 
<laughs> did we speak that into the universe and then I saw it this week? Yeah, I think we did. So you will be able to go to that little dot, dot, dot on a post and then hit pin to your profile for it to pin to the top of your post. So, I mean, this would be a great opportunity for, again, like maybe an about me post, something about a, a product or service that you offer, maybe like a cool sponsored post, which again, you could always offer that to a brand. Hey, I'll pin your sponsored post for X amount of dollars. So I can actually see this helping creators to monetize a little bit more, nothing crazy, but I think it's worth mentioning. And I actually really like this idea. So I am glad that we spoke this into the universe and Instagram <laughs> listened to us. So this is something they are currently working on. Instagram is also testing a recreate this reel option for Instagram reels. So it will show you the reel video as a reference video while you're recording. It will show up kind of like right up in the corner so that you can watch that reel along with the time that you're recording your reel or your version of that. But then when you go to post it, that reference video will no longer be there. So it kind of just puts it up in the corner for you to watch and makes it a little bit easier when you are trying to recreate it. I don't know exactly what I would really use this for, but maybe if you see someone's real format that you really like, or if you're someone who maybe does dances or anything like that, I can see it being really helpful. But again, I'm not really sure how often I would really use this, but I do think that it's really cool if you are someone who's trying to recreate something. It honestly just makes things a lot more convenient. Instagram is also working on the ability to add a reel to your profile grid. And honestly, like if there's anything since reels came out that I've needed, it is this. How many times have you gone to like look at the insights or view the story reshares of a reel and you accidentally hit remove from profile grid? I let me tell you a story. This happened to me once and it was a sponsored reel that I needed to keep on my profile and I already had had it up for so long. So I was not about to like repost it. I was literally so deep in the depths of Reddit looking for a solution to this pro this problem. I'm not even kidding you. I downloaded the sketchiest program and like all these weird freaking sketchy plugins and shit. Like I don't even know. I was in a different realm of the internet and I ended up finally getting it back to my feed. But like I probably have viruses and shit now. So <laughs> honestly, Instagram, this is like the answer to my prayers. I am so excited about this. So on a reel, obviously when you are posting it initially, you can just hit you know, post to feed and it will post to your feed. But later on, what if you have a reel that's performing really, really well and you're like, I need to get this back on my feed or onto my feed in general, you will be able to go onto that post and put it onto your profile grid. Yes. I am so excited about this. I'm so excited. I feel like actually like the Instagram updates this week, like didn't piss me off as much as they normally do. <laughs> they also are testing a, a solution to another problem that I know I have quite a bit, as well as my mentorship students. This is something we talk about a lot. So on TikTok, for example, you know when a video is newer because it usually has like very small amount of uh, videos there. And it, you can see that a lot of people are posting them like, you know, with that sound in a really small amount of time because on TikTok, you can see the date of reels, right? 
on reels you can't really see when people post it so a lot of times if you go to a trending sound you're like okay it's trending but you know how long have these videos been here is this just like one version of this song that's trending but like the real version is not actually trending i feel like there's just a lot of confusion there so instagram is testing a quote new label on audio so basically when you go to a sound you can yes see when it's trending but when you click on that sound and you know it shows you how many videos it shows you all the videos made with that sound there will also be a little button or sticker i guess that says new so you know that it's a new audio and you know that it's a trending audio so that way you can see yes i should use this for a trend because i'm hopping on it early while it's still new so i really love this i feel like this solves a lot of problems for people who are trying to do more trending reels and aren't really sure exactly which sounds are perfect to use so i would definitely be very excited if slash when this does come to life another thing i wanted to tell you about it's not really news by any means but something that i did to save some time in my process, I am all about working smarter, not harder. So I found a really cool service from um, a girl on Instagram called Lauren B. Social. And basically, she has a subscription, I guess you could call it. It's $47 a month, I want to say. And every week she sends you four trending reel sounds along with ideas on how you can create videos with those sounds. So it saved me so much time because now I'm not scrolling through reels trying to figure out which, you know, trending sounds to use. She's serving them to me on a silver platter and all I have to do is bust out those four trending sounds and then I have four trending reels for the week so that I can, you know, either just post them to reels, I can post them to my feed for content, but either way I'm using trending sounds that people are looking at and, you know, I'm able to have some kind of inspiration and ideas on how I can actually use that sound. So I think this is a genius service. If you're someone who is, you know, wanting to do more trends on reels, but just really doesn't have the time, which is most of us, I would assume, this is a really great subscription to look into. Also, what's really cool about it, too, is, you know, this is a business expense. So obviously, if you're tracking your income and expenses, like this will help offset, you know, your taxes at the end of the year. So definitely worth looking into if you are someone who could utilize this. Also, I wanted to kind of dive into something I have been going through in the last couple of weeks. I kind of started the new year thinking that I wanted to like really step back. I'm always so deep in my business. Like my brain is always fully immersed in my business and I wanted to take some time to step back and really figure out like genuinely what are my goals for this year? You know, like what do I want to accomplish? What are the things that bring me joy that I want to do more often within my business so that I can, you know, have a more uh, work-life balance that makes sense? A lot of days I'm okay with my work-life balance, but sometimes I'm just like, I work way too hard. (laughs) Like I, how does it go? I live to work, not work to live. I think I said that right. You know what I'm talking about though. So I tried to think about the 
aspects of my business that really bring me the most joy and that I love doing the most and this podcast was the number one thing like I absolutely love doing it having conversations with creators being able to connect with people have conversations with people who are listening bring you something that's valuable in a way that's really enjoyable for me like everything about it I love and so I wanted to think more about if I'm going to put more time into this podcast because I love doing it I do need to monetize it. So one of my focuses has been finding ways to monetize my podcast a little bit more. And so I actually am considering investing in a podcast coach that I found. So I'll keep you updated on how that goes. But I'm actually really excited because I feel like we've been getting such a great response so far. You guys really seem to be loving the podcast. And so, you know, I want to keep doing it and it brings me a lot of joy. But I've also been thinking about the amount of time that I spend doing certain tasks in my workday, you know, like what are what are the things that I'm spending like way too much time on? And that actually is something that I've been really interested in changing around because I, I want to spend more time you know, with my hobbies and with my family and things like that and less time working. So I'm actually going to be reformulating the mentorship program. And that's something I'll talk about probably more next week or the week after once I've figured out an official game plan. But I did want to let you know that for the time being, the mentorship program is actually going to be closed for enrollment while we are reformulating. And it's going to be very different when it comes back. Still amazing obviously, (laughs) but different. So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, if you have any questions, you know where to find me. Without further ado, we are going to get into my friend Bobby's episode. We have known each other literally since, I don't know, maybe middle school, high school. I remember like going to high school parties and, you know, hanging out with Bobby and everything. And he's such an awesome guy. And I really feel like he is doing so well and there's so much that we can learn from him and this episode really dove into so much of that. So I hope you enjoy and I will see you next week. All right, guys, I am here with a treat for you today. My friend Bobby is here and it's funny because I, in 2016, was on his podcast, (laughs) episode 13. (laughs) Yeah, And now you're on on episode like 5 million at this point. That was so long ago. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I, when, when you had hit me up about this to do this podcast, I was like, wow, I feel like it was just yesterday we were doing my podcast and that was anyone that was on the show in the first 20 you have no idea how much I appreciated that because it was like just getting the ball rolling. But looking back on it, it's just, it's crazy to see how much growth I've had, but I know you've had your own personal growth too. So, uh, it's exciting me just to jump on this conversation today. Yeah. I, I started actually listening back to the episode because I was like, I wonder what my life was like back in Mm. 2016. And I like, it's just crazy to even hear my voice sound so different. Like so many things are are just so different. So I'm excited to chat with you today. The tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. So for anyone who doesn't already know who you are, I'd love to just kind of get a little introduction on, you know, who you are, what you do, um, and a little bit about how you got where you are today. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, fortunately for me, we grew up right down the road from each other. I grew up in <laughs> Chicopee, Massachusetts. So grew up in Western Mass for my entire life there. Um, then I went to college out in Boston. So I graduated high school in 2012, went to school in Boston, um, went to LaSalle University for one year. Then I transferred over to Bentley University. If you had asked me going in my freshman year of college, what do I want to do with my life? I would have said, 
you know, graduate college, get a corporate job, drive a BMW, have a nice <laughs> suit, which is like, Hey, if that makes you happy, please do it. Um, but I quickly figured out once I was going into my junior year, senior year, that was not what I wanted to do. So essentially like when I was graduating college, I didn't know what I want to do with my life. Um, it was super scary, but also like kind of like time to roll the dice. So when I graduated, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and I just like saw like, you know, business school taught me one thing that I forever will remember is like, you need to survey the market. You need to see what's missing and, and, and create it. Right. And so I was graduating college, didn't know what my passion was, didn't know what I want to do with my life. Podcasting was starting to pick up. And I was looking for like a young, passionate podcast uh, for young go-getters, didn't find it. So I was like, all right, let me just create it. So essentially from 2016 up until now, um, I went from starting that podcast, which you were on Purpose in the Youth. Uh, I did that for three and a half years while I was driving Uber full-time to fund the entire project. Uh, so I did that for a year in Boston, came out to LA, did that for two years. And then uh, one of the guests that I had interviewed through the podcast founded a company called Liquid IV. Um, a year later, he hired me to work for the company. So I left my Uber gig after driving 19,002 total rides. Um, and at the time, it was like it, it, the, the timing was really interesting because I was kind of getting burnt out on purpose in the youth. It was very storytelling, but I was just, I was kind of, I just felt like it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing anymore. So I kind of stepped away from the podcast and then uh, during the pandemic, a lot of downtime, right? So I was just getting that itch. Like I've been, I did something consistently for three and a half years. Now I haven't done it in nine months. I felt like my identity was ripped out from underneath me. <laughs> so that's when I got back into it. So I ended up launching a new show called it's the bearded man podcast. I've been doing that, uh, two podcasts a week ever since. Uh, so this past yesterday would have been the 163rd episode of that show. Wow. Um, so yeah, so now, so now where I'm at today, it's like, that's, that is the most like quick summary of yeah. like, cause there's so many like ways we could go about it, but, oh, yeah. um, essentially went from starting a podcast in 2016, driving Uber full-time to now, uh, I work on behalf of liquid IV. I manage your podcast media buying. I also run my own show called it's the bearded man podcast, which is about helping people reach their, their inner potential. I just launched an app called stay dialed in. That's, uh, essentially like an accountability community to help people reach their inner potential, um, and that's like the highest level without, <laughs> like I said, getting into the weeds. Cause there's just so much underneath the layer, underneath the hood that we could, uh, we can dive oh, into yeah. if needed. Yeah, I totally like, I do definitely want to go into these, but my first thing you moved from small town, Massachusetts, yeah. where I very well know there is nothing going on there. <laughs> Same people, the one bar that everyone goes to, you know, like very mm -hmm. different world from what you're living in now. Totally. So now you're in LA, like was moving across the country, like the best decision you ever uh, made? So I knew from a young age, I knew from like fifth grade, I was going to, I needed to be in LA. I don't know what it was. I had no interest in creative. I had no interest in acting. I think it was just seeing Los Angeles in the movies, the palm trees, the warm weather. <laughs> I honestly want to give a props and call out to Hollister because I think when I was in middle school and I was going in and seeing like Huntington beach, like in the background, Oh yeah, it was a vibe. Like live stream. I was like, this is, this is the place I've been visualizing and now I'm seeing it. Like I need to be there. So, you know, there were two other times, there were two times I thought I was going to make the move. It was for college. Didn't get into any school that I applied. And then when I was graduating college and not having a plan, I was like, well, doesn't this make sense? Like move to LA. It didn't, feel right because at the time when I was considering starting a podcast, 
I knew I needed people to interview. So yeah. I was like, why am I going to move to a city where I know no one? So it all worked out where, you know, I, I, we grew up in the, the Western part of the state. I went to college in Boston. So an hour and a half away that got me to completely hit the reset button, right? Boston is a city. I mean, it's not the size of Los Angeles. It's not the other side of the country, but I felt like I was in a different world because oh, yeah. I was down the road. I was in a city of six, 700,000 people. My parents weren't just knocking on my door randomly. Like I'd see <laughs> them every couple of months. So it was giving me time to grow, but also knowing like if I needed to go home, it's it right was an hour and a half drive right yeah. down the Mass Pike. So it warmed me up so that when the time was to move to Los Angeles, there was no questions asked. Like I knew this is where I needed to be. Uh, the timing was like impeccable. It was literally the one year of the podcast. I was packing my bag and driving out. And now, as I was saying, kind of before we jumped on this and started recording, like four years into living in LA, the first couple of years, it, it took some time to like find that community, find like my rhythm, my identity and who I was, but through it, it, I, I essentially, I always look at the first couple of years in LA, I was planting seeds throughout the city, right. trying to find like relationships and where I wanted to live live, what part of the city I want to live in. And now I feel like I'm starting to see all of these seeds planted come to life. And it's incredible. It's just, it's the city I always want to live in. It keeps getting better and better. You know, you always hear like the outside looking in of like, isn't it a city full of dreamers? Like everyone's trying to make it. Well, it's like, yeah. Isn't it awesome to be in a place where everyone is in this growth mindset? Yeah. They're pushing themselves. They have a vision for what they want. Like they're working towards it. You can find that in any city, but especially if you're somebody in the creative space, this is like, this is the hub. This is one of the major cities in the world where like, I'm blessed to be going to events and meeting people that are, have so much influence in the world. And it's just really cool. It, it really yeah. is a, it's, it's a beautiful life that I built for myself. And I'm just excited to kind of see where it goes in the next couple of years too. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel the same about moving too. like I in Western mass, especially if you do anything creative, like there's not really a lot of opportunity and obviously everything at this point can be digital, but totally. it's like, you don't have that community around you of people who like are as hungry for like, you know, what they're meant to do as mm -hmm. you are. And, and I always felt that at home, like I had this group of friends that was just the group of friends that I grew up with and you know like you kind of get stuck with the same crew and everything mm. and if they're not hungry sometimes it kind of like sucks the life out of you and i i know when we moved down to charlotte like it's just it the energy that you kind of like feel in the air just feels so different and it makes mm. you want to like go harder and like you know go out and do things and and meet new people and you feel a lot more inspired when you're around other people who kind of are are looking to create the same things or or create something yeah, totally. I want to give props to you though, because now, you know, where I'm at today, right. I'm around just incredible opportunity and like where I live is just fucking phenomenal. Um, but I want to say for those that listen and might live in a small town city, like it's not about fine. It's not about, you need to be around people that are operating at the highest level. You just need to find people that have an intent for wanting yeah. to do something better than themselves. So like I said, in 2016, I'm starting this podcast. I have this idea to interview all these like high level individuals. And I understand like, okay, maybe I'm not around them just yet. Or two, maybe I don't have access to them just yet. Right. But let me look around at the people around me and who has the intent of doing something that they're really passionate about. I interviewed you. I interviewed a buddy that, uh, buddy of mine, Dylan Reese, who had been making music yep. for a long time. I interviewed a buddy of mine named Nathan Acorn, 
who had been making clothes out of, out of Chicopee since he was in high school. I had another buddy that was into photography. Another one that now lives in LA doing acting and modeling shout out to George. Like, so even then, you know, it is important to get to these cities and these places where there's opportunities all the time. But if you're not there just yet, just look around at the people that are taking that separate path, because if they're doing that now and they have the courage and the confidence to start taking a couple strides towards where they want to be at some point, they're going to really find that success. And so look at, you know, if I look back at those first 15 episodes, look at yourself, you've made the move. Uh, At least three out of the first 10 people now live in LA. So it it just goes to show you that you, you got to make it work with what you've got at least to start. But then at some point when you need to shake things up, shake it up. Exactly. Yeah. And when you moved across the country, so the first thing that you did for your job was Uber, right? Yes. Yeah. So I need to hear more about that experience because it's I think you're like stats and, and what you were able to accomplish with Uber is just it's so cool. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, when people think of Uber, they think of just like it's not something that people are like, oh, I want to be an Too Uber good driver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I feel like you had such a good like perspective and mindset about Uber. And, and I really feel like it must have shaped you into who you are today. There's no so questions. Asked. I need to hear about that. Experience. Yeah, no, I, I love talking about it now. And I even it's so weird because this morning I do like a gratitude journal every single morning. So L- yep. LA of me to say, but it fucking makes a difference. <laughs> um, but that was one thing I was talking about was like how much I've grown just from those days. Right. So like in it, when I'm in it and I'm driving Uber full time, I'm like, so anxious and like overwhelmed of like, how do I get out of driving Uber? Yeah. But at the same time, I recognized how lucky I was where I essentially had an opportunity to make money when I wanted as much as I wanted. And so that was really crucial for at least podcasting where I was interviewing people. I needed to be flexible with people. And so it was, it was the summer of my summer going into uh, junior to senior year of college where the year before I had done like a, an internship, and I was realizing, or no, it was that junior year when I was realizing, like, I don't want to do what I think I want to do. I had a right. marketing internship and I was like, this is not made for me. <laughs> and so I made some good money on the side driving Uber. So that summer, uh, I ended up staying out in Boston. Shout out to my cousin Julius and his wife, Jane. They put me up at their house in Boston. And so I was just driving Uber full time during the summer, making right. money, making great money and still no idea what I was going to do after college. But I was like, screw <laughs> it. Let me just enjoy myself. We'll figure it out. So when I graduate, start the podcast, there's a couple other opportunities. I'm like trying to find myself of like, how do I make money? And something was like, yo, you just need to keep driving Uber. So I packed up after being home for like six weeks and going crazy. I packed up, moved into an apartment in Boston with a couple of my homies. And I was like, I know I can make a living doing this. Yeah. And that's all that matters. So that's what I did. I went back to Boston, started driving Uber, started building the podcast on a weekly basis. And it ended up being now looking back on it, like, I don't, if it wasn't for Uber, I don't know, I would have found a way to make it work, but the ability to work when I wanted as much as I wanted and make a living was priceless. I was waking up and I was my own entrepreneur every single day. Right. And that driving Uber taught me how to get really good with time management. It taught me to start saying no uh, to things that weren't benefiting me because it was like, Okay, somebody wants to grab coffee on a Saturday at noon. No big deal. It costs $8 for a cup of coffee. It's an hour of my time. But like, it's not just $8. I could have made $20 driving Uber plus yeah. the $8 I would, I'm now spending to $20 opportunity cost. <laughs> and at that time, that money really mattered. Yeah, so exactly. 
it, it taught me so many lessons and I felt like I was just, I was already a people's person. That's why yeah. I got into podcasting, but um, driving Uber was like mini podcasts all day. So <laughs> yeah. it was a great, not only was it great to get to know people in Boston and like to just kind of get to know the city even better. Cause I'm driving around all day. But once I moved to LA and I was still driving Uber full-time for two and a half years, it was argue, it was the greatest thing I could have done because Los Angeles is massive. You are never going to see what I saw in two and a half years in a lifetime because it's just, you would have to go out of your way every single right. weekend to just drive for 10 hours to see a percent of what this city has to offer. So there were so many great things. I had great stories. I had great conversations. I met great people, uh, you know, going from driving in the neighborhoods of Bel Air and Brentwood all the way to the middle of South Central and like the ghetto, like it right. would, I was seeing two different worlds all within like an hour of my day. And I just met a lot of great people. I, I, I think the if I had to summarize Uber of what I learned about people is that every person has a story to tell. And it was such a loaded question when I would, somebody would get in my car and be like, how's your day going? And people <laughs> didn't hold back. Right. They, they felt like they were in like, almost like a safe environment because it's tracked, it's monitored. Like you're not just some random driver. Like, and I was, you know, at the time I'm like 23, 24, I'm dressing hip and young. So like <laughs> they could vibe yeah, with yeah. me. And so we'd get into some real serious conversations and I just had a blast, but it's, I think one thing that I did really well was, uh, I really, and it, because of Gary V, I really owned it. I didn't try to hide that I was driving Uber full time. I didn't try to hide, like I'm a podcaster, but I'm using this to fund it all. Like I owned it. I posted it on social media. I was showing people the behind the scenes of me driving all day yeah. long of me getting in my car, making my lunch of the stories. Um, I, I like had a tagline, like podcaster by day, Uber driver by night. And so <laughs> yeah. I think people just like respected it. And I think, uh, it kind of fueled some of the people that early on were starting to follow me. Like he went to a top business school, but yet he's driving Uber full time. He's trying to build like a career for himself. Like it, looking back, it's because the <laughs> amount of like the amount of like heightness I had to be for my own self to get through that first year in Boston and then get, get out to LA, it was, it was, it was not easy, but, uh, I'm, I'm blessed and will forever have nothing but gratitude for what Uber provided for me. Uber should like hire you for a commercial or something. I feel like I tried, that would be I tried perfect... hitting them up so many times. <laughs> Come on, Uber. If you're listening, get I think on one this. day, one day it'll <laughs> we'll be able to pull this clip. I don't yep. know when a year, two years Manifest from now, but it. like there's going to be part of my story and some piece. I don't know what it's going to be because it was so pivotal that at some point there's going to be some type of collaboration or something. I, I yeah. would be pumped. I would be so stoked for it. There should be. Do you have any crazy Uber stories? Like what do you, what was like your craziest? Do you have anyone like super cool in your Uber or like anyone, any crazy situation? Yeah. I, that's the question I get every single time. And it's like, I'm like, define what crazy means yeah, to you true. because I I've had so many crazy stories. Uh, <laughs> when you said people, the first person I immediately think of, and I, I, I have a feeling this is going to hit home for you because we're the same age, but did you watch boy meets world growing up? Yeah, of course. Corey Matthews. Yeah. I, I drove him in a new so time. Cool. <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. Cause this is like my childhood. Like he's in my car right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was crazy. <laughs> But like, there, there's just so many stories. I, I dropped people off uh, at Jay-Z's house, at Diddy's oh house. Um, like, I, I saw- That's so cool. Like Chris Brown driving his Ferrari and Burbank. Like, there's there's just so many stories. There's it, It's 
yeah, I don't even know where to go. There was there, right. the, the one of the one of the um, one of the like most rawest moments was like it was like a middle of a weekday. And I picked up this woman and she was bawling her eyes out and I was like trying to comfort her. And she was, she was super young. She was probably like 21, 22. She just found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend wanted nothing to do with her. Her oh. parents were disowning her. It was like, and I was her entire her, world was crashing. I was bringing her to a friend's house to crash. And I could just, I could tell that she was coming from not a lot. Yeah. Like even that Uber ride was probably costing her more than she probably had to, to have, like she hadn't. To right, right. And so it was just moments like that where I was like, all right, I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. I'm in control of my time. Like just chill. Like you're, you're going right. to be like look at what she's going through. So there are, once again, that's a whole nother podcast. Like there are just <laughs> there so many go. layers of just like late nights, early mornings. Um, but just like, 19,000 yeah, rides. There's, I 19, mean, there's gotta be some, there's one more stat, one more stat, 19,002 total rides. And I was a top 2% Uber driver in the world in 2018. That's top, insane. Top two. I was five stars across the board. I have people that would try to like, they were, Oh, you know, they were, it was like more of a joke than anything. And girls, I think would use this to try to flirt. It was kind of funny, but they'd be like, I'm going to give you one star. Cause you have five stars. And I would go, please do because you can't even hurt my rating. Like literally my <laughs> yeah, rating is so high that like, your one star does not even impact it. So please give me one star. That's so funny. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that must've been such a cool experience, but again, I feel like it's something that no one is like, you know, like everyone again, thinks they're above it. And I think you just made like such a, a cool experience out of it. And again, like you were able to have that flexibility, which when you're building a business at first is it's so important because it's yeah. so hard when you have a nine to five job and then, you know, like a life aside from that, plus you're trying to grow a business. There's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah, <laughs> like, I will. I will add. I did not. That's the one thing I, I don't I don't uh, look back and um, wish I, I don't have a regret on it. But right. the one thing that I did punch essentially for that three and a half years was social life. Like I didn't yeah. have a social life. I wasn't dating. Um, I really got real about like, I'm starting at zero from a creative career standpoint. I have college loans. I'm driving Uber. I'm making enough to get by, but like, I also was like kind of salty because I had my heart broken, like in the spring semester, of my senior, uh -huh. which, I th which I think was honestly the best case scenario, because I feel like it gave me permission to like go all in on myself. And yeah, exactly. So it all worked itself out. But I think too, when you're just getting started with anything it doesn't have to be creative but like you kind of have to be honest with yourself of like what do i have time for and which do i not have time for and sometimes right. you have to sacrifice certain areas of your life for it exactly yeah and i feel like one thing from at least like you know that an outside perspective that i think at least now you definitely don't short yourself on time is is self-care like i know yeah you post like you were just saying you you know you're journaling in the morning you're i see you're always working out and like taking care of yourself and things like that and again a lot of people don't save a lot of time for that so tell us about you know what that self-care experience is like for you i'm sure you didn't do this always you know no no it's i think with self-care it's been a build right it's it's not like you're going to wake up one day and then all of a sudden you have all these routines and habits and you're like yeah. operating at your, at your fullest potential. But I, I can tell you honestly that the only way I have the amount of energy that I have that I'm able to create on a daily basis that I don't overthink and my mood is usually really high all the time is because I prioritize myself before anybody and everything else in this world. So I live by this like whole philosophy of like you win the morning, you win the day. It's not about what time you get up. I'm not here to promote like, you got to be up before the sun. It's right. to me, it's all about 
how can you prioritize yourself in the first 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours of your day and make sure that you're checking off the things that matter most to you. So for me, it's like meditating, it's journaling, it's uh, doing a little bit creative work, it's reading, it's working out. I'm doing all of those things before I check texts, before I check social media, before I answer emails. Like I really do a, a really, it, it's taken me some time to get disciplined, but like yeah, from the moment I wake up to when I start answering texts is about three and a half hours, which I'm not saying everyone wow. can do that, but like, I just, if you like, can, you should, if I, you, if you can, and, e and even yeah. then, like what it comes down to is like, you're just being, you, I'm like very honest with myself of like, I'll skim text real quick. Is there any emergencies or anything pressing that like it's work related? Right. It's like, you know, my family, like I'll quickly skim. And if it's nothing that needs immediate attention, cool. Let me get back to my routines and let me yeah. do these things. But I, I'm such a big believer of like self-care and self-love and when you can do that, when you can prioritize yourself, you will feel your best self. Like you want to, yeah. if you want to, if you want to change something in your life, if you're not happy with where you're at today, you got to start internally before you start changing the external. And yeah, that was like, you know, like I said, it's, it's been a build. I, I, even when I was just getting started, um, like in the podcast space, I was like making sure that I was budgeting time to work out. And it just has, it has been such a, important ass in my life. I just did my, uh, I did my second marathon this past Saturday. I did my That's first crazy. marathon Congrats. back in November. Like, thank you. But, and I'm saying it not to flex or like sound like <laughs> I'm like superior. It's just to show you like what happens when you decide on, this is what I want to prioritize. I'm building boundaries in my life so that nobody's taking up this time. And I'm making sure that I'm getting in the workouts I'm going for the run. I'm journaling. I'm, I'm right. doing the therapy class or session. Like that stuff is so, so crucial. So it, it, I can't even put a price tag on it. Like at yeah, this point, if 100%. it's self-care, if it's self-love, if it's getting a massage, it's doing like a cold plunge, it's doing a sauna test. Like as long as I'm not going broke, swipe away. Because <laughs> I know it is going to help right. me feel better. And I think yeah, it when is you feel really better. the key. You feel better. Exactly. Right, right, right. 100%. Yeah, I think one thing that's so hard now that everything is digital, you know, with with email and social media and all of that and everything is so instant, it's so hard for people to like take time and and slow down almost, mm. you know, like taking that time in the morning for a lot of people they're like, "Oh, I have to hurry up and answer work emails cuz like if I don't answer quick enough, like this person's going to email me again." And mm. you know, I feel like it's it's so go 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 and it, it really is so hard sometimes to like put the email off to the side and be like, okay, you know, I need to go take care of myself. This person has already followed up with me once. It hasn't even been 24 hours. Yeah. They can relax for a little while, you know, like it, it, but so many times you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do this so fast, but it taking the time to slow down, I think is so important. And it's just so many people nowadays when everything is so fast paced and an instant with social media and digital, I think it is harder and harder for people, but it's still so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love the whole work from home life. Like if, oh, I, if, if, uh, if this wasn't happening, I'd be working in an office right now and I would not be doing this podcast, but like, right. because of the work from home life, it's like, I have to, you know, get done when I need to get done. And nobody's like pushing me and like, you know, mad that I'm not answering immediately. It's just like, I get my stuff done. They know that. And that's exactly. fine. I would say that what has been pivotal for me since going remote and working from home is, is actually scheduling out my days where I know where I'm supposed to be and when, and yep. there's not this game of like, 
oh, I got to answer these emails or, you know, like I won't start answering emails once again to the whole like morning grat, like morning routine. Yeah. Like I don't start answering emails till 9 a.m. And I don't and I will stop once six o'clock hits. You're not going to hear from me. Once again, if I see emails coming in, I'll monitor like, is there anything pressing? Is there an emergency? If so, I'll jump on it. But if it's not pressing, the one thing I've learned, and I know you've, you've know this for yourself with everything you've done in your career, like there's always going to be more work that needs to get done. There's always going to be another email that needs your, that needs attention. (laughs) There's always going to be another piece of content that needs to be edited. But to me, I have these like small little to-do lists, right? Every single day I make, and you can kind of see my handwriting is chicken scratch, but up top it says (laughs) Kristen's pod. I have a list of just like couple things that I need to do today and I cross them off and in between I'll answer emails. But right. once this list is crossed off, I'm not forcing myself to keep working until like I'm half asleep. Like, so I think, I think in order to like um, prioritize self-care, but also making sure that you're not feeling like I need to answer these emails or like answering them right when you wake up is be honest with yourself of like, when can I do these things? What are those hours that I want to do it in my life? And so that way, when six o'clock hits, five o'clock, eight o'clock, right. whatever your time is, you're done. Don't think about it until the next Boundaries. day. Boundaries. So crucial. Boundaries are hard for some people. That's for sure. Oh, I am unapologetic <laughs> about it. I, 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 I don't think I'm cool because of it. Like, I just, if, you know, people will say yes to everything. I don't. Yeah. And I will like be honest and I just will communicate like, hey, can't make it. I won't give them some real excuse. Like, I don't want to yeah. go. Or I'll just say, hey, I can't make it but I am a boundary king and I am proud of it because it's just, if it's not, if it doesn't excite you, you should just say no to it. Yeah, honestly, I, I completely agree with you. Um, in the world of social media, we were just talking about social media and how, again, everything is fast paced and, and, you know, so demanding at all times, it feels like, how does someone kind of like keep their chin up on social media when so many things are you know, frustrating or hurtful or competitive. It's, I feel like so many people, whether they're influencers, small business owners, or just general people using social media, like there's a lot of pressure that comes along with it. What kind of advice would you give someone who, you know, is feeling the weight of social media? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good question. Um, take the pressure off yourself, like give, be more compassionate to yourself and know that, you're, it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be an evolving process. I've been podcasting for five years. I've done over 350 episodes at this point. And I still question my, the questions that I'm preparing for podcasts, the script I'm writing for the solo podcast. So I think it's just about, I have a, I have a tattoo on my hand. It says 1%. And what yep. that means is like 1% growth per day. So if you're in the social media landscape, it's just how are you getting just a little bit better? And not falling for the comparison trap. Like, please look at what's working for other people, learn from it, but do not let your analytics make you feel like you're on the right path or not. Like, of course, pay attention to them, see what content is working, what's getting reshared, what's not. But I just post, I look at how many likes, cool. If it's a lot, great. If it's not, I'm going to keep doing it. So I think it, I think it's just a game of constantly improving. Like I, you know, there's people out there that like, they'll delete old photos and posts yeah, and it yeah. doesn't do well, but like you can, now I had to do some, I had to do some monitoring before when I was getting into <laughs> the social media landscape. Yep. So you won't find anything post 2016. Cause it was like, fair. I don't even know. <laughs> it, it was just like me being in high school and college, living my yeah, life, exactly. posting like photos of beers and just dumb, dumb shit. <laughs> it was great in the time. But since then 
I've never deleted a thing. You can scroll yeah. back. You can see my, my progress on YouTube. You can see my progress on Instagram. And I want it to just be an example for people. Like it is just an evolution. Like right. you don't need to have it all figured out right now. You just need to start. You need to get going because sitting here and trying to come up with a perfect social media blueprint of what you're going to post and when, and what it's going to look like. Thinks, you know, spend time thinking of the strategy, but then you need to get going. You need to start posting. You need to start throwing it out there. So I, I really do think it's just a game of trial and error and it's not going to be perfect. My most liked photo on Instagram. Now I've had photos shot with photographers that have $10,000 cameras. I've had video right. shot with $10,000 cameras. My most liked photo is on a, is a selfie. Okay. So <laughs> of course it's it is. not about, <laughs> it's not about what camera are you shooting on? It's not, it, yeah. Pull away all that bullshit. That's why I love TikTok right now because it's getting yeah. back to the rawness of the stuff that performs the best on TikTok is raw. It's on an iPhone. It is literally, there's no color affection. There's no, exactly. it's just, just raw. So let that be the reminder. Like you just got to keep posting. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. And if you're not feeling it, that's fine. Move on to the next day and, and then try to post something. Right. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Cause I think with perfectionism, so many people feel that like they can't post something unless it's perfect. And at mm. the end of the day, I think that's like the worst mindset you could be in because nothing, like you said, is ever going to be perfect. And so like, you will just not post because it's not perfect, but then you're not posting and you're not, you know, showing up for your audience or showing up, you know, for your business or whatever it is. So that perfectionist mindset is a hard one to break out of. I know mm. I used to definitely be very deep into that mindset, but I I've tried to, you know, every day make a little bit of progress to like, not be so, I guess, critical of myself and, mm. and, and, you know, think too hard about what I'm sharing. And the, you're right. Like the stuff you sometimes just share is always like the stuff that people like the most. And I agreed with TikTok. Like I love how much more casual it is. And it, it just feels like a safer space almost, even though on TikTok, the, the comments are always a lot more harsh. Yeah. Comments <laughs> Somehow are harsh. It feels safer. Com yeah. Comments are harsh, but like what's working is just that super honest. Exactly. And, I, and the perfection thing, I, I don't know. I can't quote who said it, but uh, maybe it was like a Ryan, maybe it was Ryan Holiday or somebody that I pay attention to. But they always talk about you just need to get it to 80% there, right? So like there's always going to be more room for growth. Any film yeah. director, any photographer, any podcaster. That's why I don't even go back and listen to old episodes because I just will listen to it and go, shouldn't have done that, could have done this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll just have that mindset. But I know that in order for me to grow, I need to keep laying one brick at a time and I'm slowly getting better with time. So consistency is going to be your way of getting better. Sitting exactly. there overanalyzing and being a critic to yourself is only stopping you from actually making progress. 100%. Yeah. And I know with, uh, you know, TikTok and Instagram and things like that, especially when you moved, it was probably really helpful to have tools such as those to, you know, meet new people and network and everything like that. I know you are definitely like a people person for sure. And you have to be really good at networking, but what advice would you give to someone who maybe like, isn't the most confident with networking or, you know, meeting new people or, you know, people who go to an event and kind of hang out by themselves because they're mm. afraid to like go into someone else's group. You know, those kind of situations can be weird. And I feel like they're always really good situations to, you know, again, meet new people. You never know what kind of opportunities are going to come from that. But it's a scary situation for a totally. lot of people. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think 
what the key with networking is to not approach it from networking, right? Like people get so intimidated by right. that word, but it's, it's the best way. It's the best way to describe what it, what you're there to do. Right. I think what I've learned from my own experience is if you want to get people to remember you, ask them a lot of questions, let them do the talking, right? Very true. The amount of times that I meet somebody and they just immediately start talking about themselves. I literally just want to throw up because I'm like, you all already are just, you're just not somebody I want to be around. Cause you're yeah, just, exactly. you're, you're not even taking the time to even ask me how, how I'm doing, who I am. Like, so I think the key is it. And this, this question is very loaded in LA. What do you do? Oh, I can imagine. What do you do? Because <laughs> that's essentially you saying to somebody in a polite manner, what do you do so I can analyze if I can get something from you or if I want to keep this conversation going? That's what that means. So Very when I'm true. meeting people, most times out of 10, nine times out of 10, my first question is, where are you from? Because most people who live in LA aren't from here. Very true, and that yeah. is such a grounding question. And I will let it build from there. At some point, I know they are going to be the one to ask me, like, what do you do in LA? Or maybe I will at some point, or they're eventually going to it will come like, up. oh, yeah. yeah, I moved to LA from Chickadee Mass because I started this <laughs> podcast. Boom, they're a podcaster. Now I, now I can like roll with the conversation. But when it comes to networking and, and if, you're, if you don't feel confident in yourself, um, just do it. Like you don't have anything to lose in it. It's really right. awkward. And most people in these situations aren't the ones that want to break the ice anyway. <laughs> exactly. But if you just go up and you just approach somebody and say like, hey, my name is Bobby, like from Massachusetts, like what's your name? Where are you from? That will get the ball rolling. Or yeah. if you can like go to, go to these events and opportunities, bring a plus one, at least that way, like you're with somebody you can have a conversation <laughs> you're with. You're not yourself. just like standing there, but <laughs> exactly, even then, yeah. even then I've tried to like, even if I go with homies of mine to like events, like I'll take time to go stand by myself and kind of just observe and I'll keep my head held high and make sure that like, I'm, I'm there. I'm not like nervous to talk to people. Right. I'm just kind of I'll see what the world brings to me. Open Who's going to come to me and like, and see how, like what comes to it. So I think it's just, you got to ask people questions, get them talking, um, approach it from like, ask them questions that are going to like, get them to think. Right. And just not be afraid to say, yeah, have to the confidence. Exactly. Just do it. You have it's such a simple thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy that, you know, we have to build up all this confidence to just say, Hey, what's up to someone. <laughs> but like, it really can be it, so intimidating, I mean, especially in LA. I'm sure it, it's just like dating, right? If you see somebody you're attracted to, you got to do the same thing where at some point you have to be the one to break the ice. But I will say this with this. Now we're talking, we have been talking about social media. Most of my networking isn't done in person. Most of my networking yeah. is done in the DMs and it's a very similar approach. It is being very direct and I feel very fortunate where, you know, I've been in the podcast space for five years. Podcasting is my tool for networking. It's literally like, who am I interested in talking to? And then I reach out to them and like, I use right. this as a tool. If I said, Hey, let's go grab coffee. They would have said no. But if I say, Hey, I have this podcast platform. I want to interview you. They're like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So I think you can do all of your networking through social media and I think it's just about finding ways to either one, give value to that person you want to become friends with, or just showing genuine love and support. Yeah. And by doing that, people then want to help you. A lot of the podcast guests that I've met over the years have been from people introing me to them. Right. Not me saying, Kristen, connect me to Jake. 
it's like you see Jake doing something. You're like, Bobby, I think you should do a podcast with this guy, Jake. And I'm like, yes, fuck exactly. yeah. In my mind, I've been wanting to podcast with this guy for years. <laughs> and now you're going to intro me. So that's the other way to approach it is like, you don't have to go to events. You don't have to go in person. If you feel nervous, right. like I get that. Do it through social media. Do it through that's DMs, very do it through good emails. Point. And that's literally how I built my career. And right. it's paid off in dividends. Yeah. I mean, especially with, with the pandemic and everything, like we really just haven't even had much yeah. opportunity for that. So social, social media has definitely been a great tool for networking, but speaking of networking, so you have an app now, and I know that this happened right through you meeting kind of like the right person at the right time. So tell us how, yeah. uh, the app started and how that kind of experience came to be what it is today. But I also want to hear a little bit more about the app and everything. Yeah, That's great. Talk about timing right so um it was probably end of july early august i was talking with one of my roommates here about kind of what i was lacking what i needed and the one thing that i've realized with being in the social media space was like i didn't have a place for my community to like engage with each other uh if you listen to podcasts like you listen but then that's kind yeah, of it i never created section yeah there's like people comment but like that's not where you build connection with people so yeah you know i I definitely contemplated in the past, like creating like private Facebook groups. And that definitely was a thing I'd say like 2016 or like even up till yeah. now, it still exists, but it's, I think it's on its way out. Agreed. And I was like, all right, I know I need to build a place for community. I don't know what or where, but like, let's just sit on it. A couple of weeks later, I'm at a workout uh, at one of my buddies and he's like, yo, I got this guy I want to introduce you to. Like he's building apps for creators. I think he'd be a great person, blah, blah, blah. And I was, and he was like, telling me the price tag. And I was like, well, I ain't got that type of money, but I'll have a conversation with him. Yeah. Come to find out it, it was best case scenario. Um, this company called club scribe, uh, was looking to take on essentially like a Guinea pig client to okay. use them as an example to then they would pitch to other clients. So, um, club scribe took me on as a client, um, essentially paid for everything. They were doing That's everything awesome. on, on, on their expense, had an amazing team. I had weekly calls with them. They essentially had like 80% of the app built out. I almost imagine like Squarespace, but for creators of an app where awesome. the structure is the same. They just like need to like get your logo. They need to like design it for you, what you yeah. want it to become. So there were still things that we had to figure out. Then you have the, you know, there's a whole legal thing with contracts and like getting apps live on, on these, on these uh, yeah. platforms. But ultimately like the app was finally was becoming, was going to become the place where I can now bring in all this community from all these different platforms and bring them to one place. And really it's right. just like, it's called stay dialed in. It's uh, available on all app platforms, but it's really a, it's an accountability community, right? We were talking in the beginning of this podcast about living in a city and not having like these people around you to support you. And I wanted this app to become the place that people click in on their phone and they're entering this world where it is just growth mindset. It's positivity. It's there right. for people to encourage you. And so in the app, there's, you know, like a main dashboard with daily notifications. There's, I private... love the notifications by the way, like uh, they come that. multiple times per day and it's always like at a great time. And I'm able to look down at my phone and be like, okay, cool. <laughs> love that. I love that. Yeah. that, that love little things like that is like that, that, that was a huge that the, the biggest seller to me was like knowing we'd be able to commute a community section where there's like all these yes. different conversations that are, are there to be had, but also like the daily notifications was a huge one for me. So yeah, really the app is, is 
it's still so early on and there's so much like things that we evolve and grow and become. I, I still very, very much feel like, um, a lot of the members on it right now, like it's like high school dance, right? When, the, when you go to a dance, like everyone's on the outside, nobody <laughs> wants to step in the, step on the dance floor and break yeah, the ice. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like the community's at right now. where like, some people are interacting. Some people are there yeah. just to like socialize and like pay attention. But the goal at some point is to get this place to be a place where there's constant communication happening exactly. and people talking, but yeah, it's just really exciting. And the whole state out then these three words kind of came to fruition. I'd say in the last like six months of my life, seven months where, um, I felt like I was in a place where I was really aligned and in balance, like health and wellness. It was, I was training for my first marathon career wise with liquid IV. I'm in a great spot. Right. Couldn't be more grateful for this opportunity. Um, my whole podcast and creative career, something I'm you know, trying to do full-time at some point, very straight growing in, in a great direction, uh, life Definitely, experiences, yeah. thriving community, thriving, uh, finances, you know, there's always, you're always going to want more money, but my bills are being paid. So <laughs> exactly. It became this, like these, this motto of like, you can, you don't have to be completely out of balance. And it's just about getting aligned on what are those few things that you need to work on today, right? It's Friday afternoon. We're recording this. Like I'm pretty dialed in on like, work stuff, but come yeah. Saturday, like life experiences, community building, uh, maybe dating, like then that's, that's what I'll be dialed in on. So I really want this app to be a reminder for people. You can one balance on all these different aspects of your life, but two right. for this to be the community that's there to support them and show them, like, you might not have the people around you that are encouraging you, but this is going to be the app that right. tells you like, you got this and keep going. Yeah. I love the explanation of the name. Cause I, I honestly, I didn't know obviously yeah. the, the yeah. explanation, but it's, it's cool to think about things like that. And again, I think making it almost more like bite size instead of being like, Oh, I have to, t you know, go to do this with my friends and I have to work and I have to take care of myself. And like, just kind of, again, like focusing on what's what you need to do at that moment, I think makes productivity a lot easier and more manageable mm -hmm. for people. So that's cool. I, I like, uh, I like the explanation there for sure. Yeah. So with creating an app, like I, I've always been like, Oh, I could create an app. Like I have so many cool ideas and stuff, but it seems like such an intimidating, expensive, like just like untouchable process. I've never even looked into it. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I can't afford to do that. I don't even yeah. know where to start. So obviously you had this company helping you, which I'm sure was very, very helpful, but were there things that you kind of like learned about app building that you were like surprised on how easy it was or I guess the other end too, like surprise on how hard it was and, and you know, in depth. Yeah. Uh, not to scare anyone away because if you want to <laughs> build an app, I think there's always yeah. like when I was getting to podcasting, I didn't know how to record. I didn't know how to publish. It's, it's all learning curve. So if you want to start an app, please just follow the process and find a way to do it. But it takes a lot of work. Like, you know, the whole design aspect and like coding is a foreign language. And, you know, I would have just yeah. one one weekly call with this team where they would kind of give me the high level updates and ask me questions. And then they would spend the next week working on these updates. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't like this was their designated 40 hour work week was my app. They're individuals that have a lot of different things they are working on at any moment in time. So, you know, I don't know how many hours a week they were really putting into it, but it, it, it is overwhelming. Like it can be very costly. Um, yeah. you know, what, they've done for me, I think they could easily charge a creator 20 to 30 grand. I was going to um, say, it's kind of easily, easily because there's, expect. there's, there's design, there's the, um, 
there's just so much that happens behind the scenes and you have to like get it approved by Apple and Google. Yeah, again, that's like all the legal stuff. That's legal, how to get a lawyer involved. It, it, it's an overwhelming process. But once again, if it is something you want to do, you will find a way to do it, right? Like Very true. you don't need to find, you don't need to hire. If you don't have a lot to budget with, clearly you're not going to go hire like a, an actual company. You're going to go find a young go-getter developer <laughs> yeah. who's looking to build a name for themselves Exactly. Hasn't had too much experience and you're going to work with them and trust them that they're going to be able to execute it. So all that to say, it's, it is a quite a bit of a process, but can anybody do it? Yes. I think it's just a matter of, you just have to find the team of people that right. will help you execute it. And that's something I've learned throughout my career. And still to this day is like, find people that believe in you. And as long as they're aware of like where you're at financially and what you have as a budget, if you have a, excuse me, if right. you have even a budget, being transparent. If they believe in you and, and you're transparent, they're going to want to help you. And, and they know that wherever you go, they trust that it will, uh, it will take them somewhere right. great as well. So this, I mean, it sounds like it was kind of like a goal that you had for a little while, but you, you know, weren't at a place where you were like, I'm ready to take this on until it kind of fell into your lap and made sense. If someone is listening right now and has a goal that maybe they're feeling inspired to start, but maybe mm. like a little bit afraid to take the first step. Like what's your best piece of advice for them? It's great. I, I was just working on like, um, the solo script, uh, reflect on this past marathon I just read. Right. And what's funny about this Pat, the second marathon was I committed to my second marathon without even having completed the first. Oh my God. So I'm two months out from my first marathon and now I'm signed up for my second. It like looking back, I'm like, you're out of your mind. Right. <laughs> but what I talk about in the podcast and, and, and what it allowed me to like reflect on is like, you need to put deadlines, right. And oh, it yeah. doesn't have to be next week or next month, but you have to be realistic with yourself of like, when do I actually want to do this? Right. I spent, um, pretty much all summer 2016, just kind of like, I want to do this podcast. I don't know. I'm buying the mic. I'm like doing some mock interviews. Right. But then I, I, I finally picked a date, August 31st, 2016. We're launching. Cool. It's early July. Got two months. Let's get to work. Figure it right. out. Like got to get everything dialed in. Second marathon. Haven't even completed my first. All I know is I have enough time from first marathon to second marathon to recover, get back into right. a training program and boom. So Whatever your goal is, think about it. Be realistic about it. Is it something that you can do by next week? Is it something that is, there's a lot of steps that are going to need to be taken to get there. Be realistic about yourself and put it on the calendar and start reverse engineering the steps of what it's going to take to get there. But also, if you're going to do this, do not do yourself the disservice by saying, all right, we're going to we are going to launch the blog by summer of 2022. It's January or it's February now. Like, do you need four months to realistically get it going? Maybe debatable, depending on where you're at in your life. I don't know right. what, what your life looks like, but just be realistic <laughs> with yourself about what it is that you want to do. Put it on the calendar and reverse engineer the steps right. and just take it day by day. And it will make all the difference instead of like, waking up one day and going, I want to run a marathon. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa slow down. If, if you haven't <laughs> ran in months, like, that's very overwhelming. Let's just, exactly. let's approach it. What can we do today? Let's go run two miles. Great. Tomorrow, let's run two. Day after, let's run two. Next week, let's try three miles a day. And then it builds with time. Exactly. Yeah, the the bite-sized pieces, I think yes. is, is so key. And I know for me, I, I'm always the person who like, if I have an idea for something, I'm like, I need to do it now. I need to finish it this <laughs> week. Like, I, I, I don't know why I'm just like, I've always been like that. But 
I have been working on redoing my website and mm. I like every time I go to do something like this, I am like, I have to finish this website this week. And it drives me crazy all week. Cause you know, it's like 9 PM. I'm still on the computer since 6am. My eyes are a bloodshot. Like those are the kind of things that by the end of the week, when I like finish the website, it probably looks like shit. I feel like shit. I just rushed it. You know, like if I, and I, what I've been doing is trying to just get like a part of one page done yes. each day. And yes. it feels so much better. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm going to take 30 minutes at the end of my work day to just like bust out this one little part. And before I know it, it's going to be done. And I won't have like driven myself yes. <laughs> insane through the whole process. And, and I think again, like it'll come out so much better at the end too. Cause I've just taken my time. I haven't like worked on it for six hours at a time. And then, you know, by the end of that, your brain is mush. Like who knows even what's coming out of it at that point. So I love the bite-sized pieces thing. That's been so key for, for me personally too. And just everything I've been doing. Cause when you have a lot going on, it's very difficult to try and do all of it in a small period of time. You have to break it up. Yeah. A quote that comes to my mind as you're, as you're explaining that slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, there's always going to be more work to, to get done. So yeah. instead of overwhelming yourself, expecting like, I got to get this website done by 9 p.m. tonight. It's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like you have all these other things you're yep. working on. So let's just budget a realistic time of what we think we can allocate today. Is it 30 minutes? Is it 60 minutes? Is it two hours? Is it maybe four hours? Like whatever's realistic to you, yeah. great. And then once you hit that four hour mark or that 30 minute mark, you finish whatever you're working on, you save it and you go, oh, I'll pick up where I left off tomorrow because there yep. is always going to be more room to, you know, to, to get, or there's always going to be more work that needs to get done. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just about being self-aware. And so it's, it's good. The bite size is the key. It is so, Absolutely. so important. Yeah. This was super helpful. I, I love it. I always feel like when I have these conversations, I'm just like, now I'm ready to take on my day. I'm ready to like go hit my to-do list hard. Um, so at the end of every episode, I open up the floor to my guests to ask mm. me a question. So since you're a podcasting pro though, I'm expecting a lot from you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can flip the script. I'll start interviewing you for the next couple hours. Yeah, uh, so now, go. now the floor is mine, right? Yes. The floor is yours. So one thing that stands out, the, and you know, it's, I intentionally didn't, when you told me there was a question, I was like, I'm not even going to think about it until this conversation. Okay. I want it to be in the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But one one skill set of you that I have seen uh, that is so clear to me about you is you have constantly been open-minded to evolving as you. And sure. you've done so many different things. You've owned your own storefront of a business. You've done photography. You're now a podcaster. Like you are constantly evolving, which is like such a skill set to have. What advice do you give to people that having given themselves that permission to start evolving because now you're in a headspace where like you've evolved so many times and hit the refresh button that like if tomorrow you're like i don't want to do the podcast anymore we're just going full-time youtube vlogging which i'm sure you've probably already done at this point you would just do it because you would go it's it's time to make that pivot but a yeah. lot of people that are probably listening or out there that first pivot that first reset is not easy to do so what advice would you give to people that inside they know they want to hit the reset but they're too scared to take that first step yeah i mean that's a really good question okay you you did not disappoint there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i guess i would say like my motto through all of the growth i've had through all these different businesses is like it, it'll work or if not like we'll figure out a way to make something else work like i've always just been 
open-minded because I, I'm always on a hunt for like, what am I meant to do? And I, I actually mm. had this conversation with Andrew the other day. Like I never feel, I, I haven't felt yet. Like I'm doing exactly what I meant to do. So I want to try as many things as I can. Mm. And like, if they fail, I always make sure that I have something, you know, like solid again, like financially, especially, but I think it's important to have some sort of backing if it doesn't work. But at the end of the day, like you have to just take a chance on these things and have the confidence in yourself to say, like, if this doesn't work, I'll find something else that's going to work. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like I I've just had so much growth personally through all of the growth of my businesses or, you know, changing careers and things like that, things that are so scary. But I've just said to myself, like, we'll make it work. Like I, I yeah. think it's about having confidence in you as a person and some, as someone who is just going to find a way to make it work. Like I'll never let myself fail because I believe in myself and I, you know, like go into things that I do with confidence. And I will say too, like, I think confidence is, is difficult to build. Like there are definitely days where I don't feel confident like everyone else, but I've, through all of these experiences of saying like, why not? Let me try it. I've had so much growth that has made me feel so much more confident. So, I mean, I, I at the end of the day, I think confidence is, is the most important thing. And as you build your confidence, you'll be able to say, you know, like, I'm going to take this, this chance on something new and, and see how it goes. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. You've grown from it mm. and you take that experience and do something else with it. Yeah, you have to you have to really visualize where you're going next because everyone outside looking in is gonna yeah. pro everyone outside looking in for the most part are people that haven't hit that refresh either. And so now they're like, Why are you changing and doing this? Now you're doing that. Like oh, yeah. So then they start questioning you and then you start questioning your own stuff of like, wait, am I on the right path? <laughs> yeah. But having that comment inside of you to say, This is what I need to do, great. Two, knowing that even if you're pivoting completely you're pulling from all these past experiences, like exactly. having a photography background, huge in the content world we live in, um, running your own blog from the jump. Like that's incredibly important. Like knowing how to like rebuild websites, no matter what you do, if you start right. a podcast website, now you already know how to design it. So it's like, you know, that all, even if you're completely changing, you're going to still be able to take these experiences and help you grow moving forward. And the last thing you said that stood out was you're still searching, right? You're still searching of like, is this what I'm meant to be sure. doing? And that is going to change like it has for me when I went from one podcast to the next, like maybe right. six years, maybe three years from now, I'll be doing a different podcast. But I think, you know, so many times people preach like, what's the three year, what's the five year plan? Oh, I hate I that. Am, I am so not worried about that. Same. All I'm worried about is where am I at today and what feels right in a month from now? Yep. Because if you come back and you ask me what feels right a month from now, it's going to change. So uh, exactly. As long as you feel like you're in your power doing this podcast and everything else you're involved in, great. When the moment comes and you feel like this isn't it, you'll have that moment to gotta kind of go, what's the next step? And then exactly. you'll, you'll take that next step. Yeah, you start to like pick apart from all these experiences and be like, oh, I like this about this. And I yes. like this about this. And now I've got this running list in my head of like, okay, I like organization and I like talking to people. And, you know, like I'm starting to put all these aspects of, of different things that I've tried together. And before you know it, I'm going to have this list of something where I'm going to say, wow, oh my gosh, this is, this is perfect. I could do this. It checks all of these boxes of things that I love. And so I guess I'm, I'm hungry for finding again, like, what is it? Like, what is my purpose? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And so go, I have to go through all of these experiences to find it. Like, I even think back on 
when I was interning, you know, in college and stuff, mm-hmm. like I learned so much about in my internships about what I didn't want to do. And that yes. has so much helped me today. Cause like, if I didn't have those experiences, I would have probably gone, gone into those jobs and hated them. And then, you know, wasted all this time and, and, you know, probably would be somewhere completely different now. So like, sometimes it's about finding the things that you don't like to, to help you, you know, build where you are going to go. You, you could not have said that better because that <laughs> is people get, will beat themselves down because they're like, I haven't found it. I tried this job. It didn't work. I tried this one. It doesn't work. Great. You are now have a running tally of what is not working. And on the yep, flip side, exactly. like yourself, you're finding these things that you enjoy doing. I can tell you right now, just from outside looking in and, and knowing your past is like, no matter where you go, you are somebody that needs to continue to have a medium to share, whether that's yeah. in a blog, whether it's on YouTube, podcasting, like the medium is going to change, whether it's on TikTok, the yep, medium 100%. is always going to forever change, but your guardrails are pretty set in stone of like, I need to have a place where I can share what I'm going through. It's going to impact people exactly. in different ways, but like you have a very clear idea of like where you need to go. And so you wouldn't have found that had you not been someone through, been through some of those, those experiences, oh, yeah. like this shit is not meant for me. Same thing <laughs> with me with that internship. I was like, yep. I do not want to be here, but this is a good, at the time I was scared. Cause like, I thought this is what I wanted to do. But as time developed, I, I, I had a different perspective now knowing it helped me figure out exactly what I didn't want to do so I could start yep. going on a path towards what I really wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Such a good note to end this on. So for anyone who does not already follow you and, you know, wants to go check out all of your content in all of the different places, where can we find you? <laughs> Uh, I think the easiest is just at Bob A uh, on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, any platform. Yes. You can literally just Google it. It's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y. It's extremely <laughs> aggressive, but that's just how I had to brand it. So it's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y. Uh, it's the Bearded Man podcast on all um, all podcasting platforms. And stay dialed in app if you want to check it out. It's on on all the app platforms. Yes. I'll have it all linked in the description for everyone as well. It's funny because when I was like getting on, I was saying to Andrew, I was like, I think I have to introduce him as Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was funny because Instagram, Instagram, I wanted to just do B-O-B-B-A-Y, but it was taken. I was like, I just wanted to do Bobby. And then I didn't, right. I kept adding these letters until it wasn't, it, it was a acceptable username. And it wasn't taken. And then I was like, wow, now people literally are going to be like, I'll like literally when I'm meeting somebody the first time, I'm like, what's your Instagram? And I pull it up. They're like, oh, you're Bobby. They're like, they, they already like say it. And I it's your identity. Yes. Yeah, now it's part of my identity, my brand. So it's hilarious. That worked out. I love I, it. Can I ask one favor from the show? Yeah. What's up? If you're, if you're listening and you enjoy this episode, you need to do Kristen a favor. You need to go on the iTunes app or if you're on Spotify, and you need to leave a, rever- a rating or yes. review because that shit really does help. So if you're listening on iTunes, you can write a review, give her one. I always ask people, give me just one word. How did this episode yeah. make you feel? If not one word, give, give her a full sentence. <laughs> give an emoji, even easier. I'm going to start using that. Give me an emoji. I could get really spicy. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and if you're on Spotify, now Spotify allows you to rate a podcast on stars, uh, one to five stars. Make sure oh, you give it's awesome. I didn't even know that. They just came out a couple of weeks ago, but make awesome. sure you give her a review because that shit really <laughs> does help the show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. Pleasure. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you loved every minute. If you learned something new, drop us a review and let us know what you learned. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more, definitely send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kbusk. See you next week.